Hey, I'm Robbie Kramer. You're listening to the Leverage Podcast, where we discuss using your social skills to hack dating, travel, finding your dream job, and becoming a complete man. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Leverage Podcast. We've got a really special guest on today. Her name is Haley Reed, and Haley is an adult film actor. And uh, I checked out her Twitter. I like how she you call yourself your favorite girl next door. <laughs> you yep. do seem like a, <laughs> a girl next door. So, um, and you're a sex enthusiast, and you're not a vegan. Good, nope. good thing. <laughs> no, I'm, not. Uh, I'm not a vegan either. I tried it for two weeks and and then quit. So, anyways, <laughs> uh, welcome to the uh, to the show. Thank you. Thanks. I'm uh, I'm excited because I've I think I've done one other interview with an adult film actor, but it was way back in the day, and she was like a retired madam, actually. Um, oh, it was like like a dominatrix kind of deal. She like ran a brothel, like way back oh. in like the '70s or '80s in San Francisco. Um, yeah, that sounds way different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it was it was very fascinating, and everyone loved it. Um, uh-huh. It's you know it's a taboo subject, obviously, so there's always lots of questions. Um, so let me just, uh, kind of launch in by asking you, how, how'd you get into your profession? You know, tell us your story. Um, I feel like that's a question that's like most people ask me, like it's probably one of their first questions. People ask me when they find out what I do, but I've just always been a sexual person and it was something that I like had interest in doing. Like I would watch porn and, I, you know, I followed certain porn stars and I was just really into it. And then I found an agent, um, online actually. And that's when I started, I was like, Oh, I, I can make movies in a safe manner because I have someone like backing me up, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, How old were you? If you don't so mind me asking at the time, I was 19. So I was pretty young. Okay. And had you, where were you living in LA? Um, no, I was living in Orlando, Florida. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was like something you had always been, you know, I, I can relate. I'm, I've always been a very sexual person and I just kind of naturally, I don't know, made my way into some weird businesses that involve sex and teaching guys how to meet girls and <laughs> doing trips with Playboy models and <laughs> sex parties, orgies, you name it. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, I don't know. I think maybe some of us are just cut from a different cloth and we're just into that and we just follow it. I don't know. That's kind of how it sounds for you. Yeah. It's like, um, it, it's like not something that everyone can do, but I kind of knew that it was like something I could do and it'd be something that I would want to do. Mm-hmm. And I guess I, I didn't really want to do anything else. I didn't want to be a teacher. Um, I had some interests, but I, the interests I had were like nutrition, health, so nothing that doing porn would interfere with. Right. So you found an agent, you said, and then you started shooting stuff at home? Um, I started doing fetish, like fetish videos for websites like Clips for Sale. I don't know if I can say website names on here, but yeah, yeah, yeah for like Clips for Sale and like other like um, little websites where people can film their own content and sell it. So I was I was mostly working for people like that. And then I did a solo video with FTV girls. And that was the first, um, I guess you'd say like mainstream video I've ever done. And, and then it just kind of started from there. I worked a lot with reality Kings, which they kind of, um, 
Reality Kings is based in Miami, and they shoot new girls a lot, and they do a lot of amateur porn. So a lot of times it's like people's beginning into the career, and then their videos and content go online, and other companies can see their work, you know, they can see them have sex online (laughs) and decide if they want to, you know, hire them from there. And that's where your like career just kind of starts. Very interesting. And I'm sure you get asked this all the time. So I apologize in advance, but what about your reputation, your family, those sorts of questions? Um, I've definitely met people that, um, have been bullied or made fun of, or just kind of had a hard time from peers in their hometown once they got into the industry. But for the most part, I feel like people are more interested than they are like, you know, despising of it. Um, most of my friends, actually all of my friends are very interested in it and they, they think it's really cool what I do and. You know, some of them want to get into it. They're like, how can I get into the industry? Mm-hmm. Um, my family, they, they don't like it, but we still have a relationship. And it's kind of one of those things that just kind of gets swept under the rug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can uh, I can relate in a way. <laughs> my, uh, my mom doesn't really love the fact that a lot of the uh, trips I take and, you know, some of the stuff I do is... <laughs> It is what it is. And she's like, okay, you know, that's fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and she's like, I'll, I'll tell my mom stuff. She'll just be like, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> just leave it there. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, everyone watches porn, right? Um, <laughs> even the people that don't, I'm sure they do. They're lying, right? And Yeah, I don't believe people when they say I don't watch porn. I'm like, hmm, you probably watch weird porn, then you just don't want to talk about it. Exactly. <laughs> so it's, you know, anyone who judges is someone who's probably very judgmental of themselves and they they're probably in a lot of pain i like to say <laughs> you know, if anyone uh, anyone who's very judgy and dismissive and you know kind of a dick in that way it's usually because they, they're they're that way towards themselves so i just yeah. i just tend to avoid those people i'm sure you do too yeah I, I've, I've run into people like that mm-hmm. definitely um yeah i think about like I think another thing with porn is like people watch porn and I feel like if you're watching something, you have some like a desire to do it to some extent. Like you may not actually want to do it in real life. Like if the opportunity was put in front of you to have that sexual experience, like you might say no, even though you enjoy watching it. But, um, I kind of get to, you know, create people's fantasies for them and make it like easier to obtain in a way. (laughs) Yeah, and that must feel good, right? You're definitely yeah, it's, it's, providing it's value for people. Yeah, it's really fun. So before you were into porn, um, what was your dating life like? Um, you know, it was non-existent. <laughs> I'm not a dater. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty young. I'm only 21, so I always felt like I'm very, like, active. I like to travel a lot. Um, I'm kind of impulsive with my traveling sometimes. Just, like, you know, I like to go out and have fun. So, for me, actually having, like, a committed relationship was something that wasn't really, like, it didn't really go hand-in-hand with my lifestyle. And it wasn't, like, the idea of it seems nice to, like, have someone to, like, cuddle with. You know, like, to, to build that nice, intimate relationship with someone. But it just never really fit my lifestyle. So you were just doing the casual hookup, hangout yeah. sort of thing. 
Okay. Yeah, I like I like to like find one person to hook up with. So like a friends with benefits, you know, and I, I like that better than just, you know, one night stands. I don't even really like one night stands. I don't really have them. Yeah. <laughs> so that way it's like you can build a relationship with someone, but there's like no level of commitment. Um, but you can still have like nice moments together. Yeah. And I think it'd be, I mean, I can certainly relate given my, I, I'm, I'm, I'm always running trips and traveling and it's just not really conducive to having a girlfriend at the moment. I've been in many long-term relationships and stuff like that. I'm 36, so a bit older, but at the, at the current time, it's, uh, it just wouldn't be a good fit for my lifestyle. And that's kind of how it sounds for you. Yeah. There's so many fish in the sea. It's hard to pick one. (laughs) Reel them in and throw them back. Yeah. Right. Have you ever run into the situation where you did start to get closer with someone and then, you know, they started to have an issue with what you do or jealousy, anything like that? Um, I'm actually kind of going through that right now. I met someone and I really liked him. I, I do. I really like him, but he just, he, he wanted a relationship, um, like not necessarily with me because we'd kind of just met each other, but you know, he was like, that's something I'm interested in having. But my job to him, like he's very open-minded and he's like very, you know, respectful about it and interested in it. But he's like, this is what he's, he's like, he said he doesn't, he wouldn't feel comfortable with his girlfriend having sex with other people. And plus I just, now we don't even live in the same state. Like we were in Florida together and that's when we kind of started like hooking up and like going on dates and stuff. But then I moved to California and we still talk, but um, we talk about relationships sometime and how I feel like even if I do meet someone I like, it's, it feels like there's always something that is missing or not at the right time or moment or there's just like our lives are too different to make them work together. Hmm. Well, that could be a function of just being 21. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, that's what I think too. That's why. <laughs> that's why I said earlier I'm young, so it's kind of. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think age has so much to do with dating, and when you're young and you have like so many options, and you're in a crazy lifestyle and a crazy business, it just doesn't really make a lot of sense. <laughs> because imagine you got into a relationship, and every guy, you know, of course, wants to bang a porn star. They have that fantasy, yeah. but then mm-hmm. when it comes to, okay, then now you're, things are progressing and feelings are developing and you start to become jealous and that starts to creep in. Now it's going to be an issue and, it, and this is your career. It's not like you're going to just drop your career all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's, uh, yeah, it can, it can be tough. It reminds me, did you ever watch Entourage? No. Oh, there's a scene there's a like the there's a bunch of episodes towards the end where uh, the main character Vince he starts dating Sasha Gray, the porn star. Obviously, you've probably uh-huh. heard of her, uh-huh. and yeah. he, he wants her to quit and like not do a scene with her ex. And then he goes off and does a bunch of coke and gets himself in trouble and blah blah blah. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> sounds like the industry. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so what? Tell us more yeah, about your. I guess dating in general is hard. Sorry, what were you saying? No, no, go ahead. Well, I, was, I guess dating in general is hard in the industry. I hear that from a lot of people. Um, a lot of people say like you have to date within the industry if you're going to be in the industry. Yeah, that makes total sense. 
that way everyone's up to the same thing and yeah <laughs> so it's kind of hard to get jealous when you're both like out there doing yeah the same totally thing. totally so when did you transition from doing stuff you know kind of alone to doing more stuff um you know on set or with other uh, stars well i never really um before i got into um porn i didn't do anything alone i made like personal sex tapes for fun like to watch over but i had never like webcammed um I'd never made a video and tried to sell it on mini clips. I'd really just worked with like um, smaller fetish companies and um, solo companies. Yeah, so I guess, you know, solo companies. But it, it was pretty much immediate when I started working with other people because with the, the smaller fetish companies, we do stuff like tickle fetish. So where a girl would like tie me down and tickle me or um, like foot fetish or balloon fetishes. That, that one's interesting. I didn't know that I've was never a thing. Heard of that one. Yeah, people um, like to watch um, females or just anyone, you know, whatever you're into, um, whoever you're into, inflate balloons and like inflate things. Hmm. Yeah. Well, whatever floats people's boat, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> whatever floats your balloon. Yeah, right. <laughs> Is it like inside of a pussy or like just in general? No. No, they're just into like I guess watching their cheeks puff out, like their um, their stomach move when they breathe in, like just the whole process of blowing. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, uh, I mean, I, I see it. I guess it makes sense. I mean, I've heard some mm-hmm. crazy stuff. Like I've had, I dated a stripper way back in the day, and she was paid to go and like walk on people in high heels. Um, she made good money doing that. <laughs> I've heard of you, you done know, that. Yeah, you, I, I guess there, there's something out there for everyone, right? <laughs> there's some weird mm-hmm. fetish for everyone, but that's mm-hmm. the first, the balloon one I've heard. Yeah, it kind of took me by surprise. I was like, oh, I, I wouldn't have thought of that. Like you said, like <laughs> I wouldn't, wouldn't have even thought of that. So then, what did you start doing after that? Um, I kind of just dove right into the industry. Um, my agent had me working a lot. Uh, I was traveling a lot. So um, it was a, a pretty fast, like, uh, emergence into it. And, like, before I knew it, I was – it kind of, like – it kind of moved faster than I did, you know, hmm. just with all the films coming out and stuff. Next thing you know, I was like, wow, I'm, like, in mainstream porn and I have a career out of this. I never, I never really expected to – for it to turn into a career when I was doing films, I was like, Oh, I'll do films for fun. Like, you know, I'll make some money, but I didn't think it was going to progress into like so much. There's so many little aspects to this, um, industry and maintaining my image. It like, it became a career almost. And it's, it's, it's very cool because it, it feels like a job, like, but mm-hmm. not just like a normal job, like working at a restaurant or something. Like it feels like um, a job that I get to put my own creative efforts into and can kind of shape and direct it in a direction that I want it to go in, which is fun for me. Yeah, that's really cool. I guess you're an entrepreneur and an actress at the same time. Yeah, and I get to work with really cool people. Um, you know, sometimes it's a pretty big production where they have like a lot of people on set. Um, like a whole uh, creative team. You have the, the outfit designer, like the the um, 
fashion designer, you have the set designer, um, you have the, the camera people, you know, the photographers, the videographers. Yeah, ton goes into it. One thing I'm curious about, and I don't know how much you know about this, is you know there's so much free porn out there, um, mm-hmm. and obviously with you know like the the way that I don't know people sell things on the internet, there's it seems like everyone's always mo- moving the free line. So what used to be paid for mm-hmm. is now free, and it's like, but obviously there's so much money in porn, and there's so many ways you know, to skin a cat, I guess. Um, I'm always just curious, like what, you know, how you kind of navigate that situation. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. Um, you can make money on free tube sites like Pornhub and stuff by uploading your videos. And if you give Pornhub the rights to your video, they will pay you per view. I'm not sure how much you get paid per view. So that would be something you'd have to look up yourself. But um, I have friends that have made thousands of dollars on Pornhub Mm -hmm. just from getting a lot of views. And then you can also put trailers of your own videos on Pornhub with the website link or name on the bottom in a little watermark. So it it can be used as advertising. Um, As far as getting people to pay for porn when they can just watch it for free, um, I think it helps – being the porn star, like being the one selling the videos. So like me, for example, Haley Reed, um, I can use Pornhub to advertise a part of a video. So someone goes to Pornhub because they think they're just going to watch porn for free. They see a video that they really like and they, they realize it's only a portion of it. And then maybe, you know, that was intriguing enough to get them to go to my website and pay for it. For sure. Also, yeah. Also, I feel like people kind of think it's cool to buy the video directly from the porn star or even merchandise because it's I feel like they feel like they're almost like getting closer to them and it's like sexy and like maybe they could like even send me an email and I might reply or something yeah how many guys do you have that are like religious followers or I don't don't want to call them stalkers I'm sure you've had your fair share of those too but like uh, you know I know so many I don't know these guys personally but I'm I've heard from other adult film you know actors and just you just hear through the grapevine like these guys will just become like obsessed like what's been your experience with that um I I'm kind of more I kind of take more of like an indirect approach with my fans I don't usually directly message them just because like one I don't know who you are Mm -hmm. two I have so I have so many people out there who are watching my films and so many people that want to talk to me that I feel like it's not that it's a waste of my time because I appreciate my fans, but it would just, if I, I cannot like physically respond to everyone, it would yeah, be crazy. And then once I start talking to someone, sometimes their demands, they can, you know, start asking for things. It's kind of weird or it just gets weird. So I, it's I a appreciate weird situation because they know everything about you and you know, zero about them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I feel like they think that they're special. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you're probably cool, dude. Like, I'm sure you're a nice guy. Maybe not. Maybe you're crazy. But I just – I don't know you. And I feel like people really need to respect that because I've had fans get um, – you know, you send me like hateful messages or like angry messages about how I'm not responding back. And I'm like, dude, like I, I, I can't, you know, like mm-hmm. – it's just impractical. 
people are people get crazy and that's got to be super annoying <laughs> Fuck. i do have some yeah it is it, it's very annoying it's very annoying especially uh, yeah it's just annoying i do have some fans on twitter though that have been posting really nice comments for a long period of time and eventually you know maybe i'll follow them back or something because I can just see that they've been following my work for a while and they've always been like respectful and, you know, never, never like sent me any angry messages about me not talking to them. So I think that's a good way to kind of support uh, someone in this industry. Yeah. And you've got like over a hundred thousand followers on Twitter. Tell yeah. me about how you built that following. Did you have like a specific strategy? Did someone help you do it? Cause there's a lot of followers. It's a, it's a big audience. Yeah, it just kind of comes um, with the career. So what really helps me get more followers is working with other people. So um, when I work with someone else, then we post a, a link to the trailer of our video, and we're both tagged in it. The company's tagged in it. So people who follow the company, people who follow that other person will see me and be like, oh, hey, who's this girl? And then they'll follow me. And then same thing with my fans to that person. So it's like the collaboration is what kind of helps spread your name. Right. If I if I just worked solo, if I never worked with anyone my whole career, I'd probably have way less followers. How long and did it, it take you to to build up? Did you see like a a big change in any of the the following statistics as you went along or as you did different it's, things? It's been pretty steady. Um whenever a new video comes out, my followers can shoot up. If I haven't um if no videos have been released for a while, it kind of stays stagnant. Sure. Oh, that's what I wanted to ask you. How often are you filming? And uh, yeah, like how, how busy are you? Um, I can be pretty much as busy as I want. There have been times where I've worked like six times a week. That's hmm. probably the most. So I don't think I've, I've six is like my maximum. I've never worked seven times a week. And how long is each like, you know, shoot? Um, it's like a nine to five. Mm hmm. There have been times when I've been asked to show up on set at 6.30 in the morning. And I'm just like, why? Fuck. <laughs> why? Six times a week, I'm... that could be brutal. I mean. Oh, God. Yeah. It's like, if you're going to shoot six times a week, I think it's one of those things where you're going to like, maybe like do it for a week and then take like a week break. Yeah. I mean, I can have sex like twice a day. That's, you know, <laughs> that's, that's about as good as I can do. Maybe when I was younger, more. But I'm a guy, obviously, it's a little bit different, right? But uh, I mean, but those twice a day could be anywhere from like, they're not going to be more than like 45 minutes tops, maybe an hour, right? But yeah, um, be, doing a scene is different than having sex because you have to be aware of the camera. You want it to look good, you know what I'm saying? Like, so a lot about it looking good is doing the right angles so you can see everything and so it's more, about, it's more setup, obviously. I'm obviously yeah. not having sex all that time. So, but it, it's a setup in the scene. There's other stuff. Like I, I checked out a few of the different videos when I Googled you. And uh, mm -hmm. I, noticed, I saw that pool one. That was pretty interesting where they did oh, yeah. like they did like a – it was cool how they kept going back and forth in the video from like your interview versus, you know, the actual scene. Oh, okay. And yeah, I haven't, yeah. I haven't watched much porn in a while. But I was like, oh, wow, that's interesting. That's new. I haven't really seen a whole lot of that. 
Yeah, I feel like people are getting more creative with, like, the interviews and stuff because, like, again, about with the free porn thing is you kind of got to get – you kind of got to get creative with it to sell your product because there is so much free porn out there mm-hmm. that, you know, anything can help. The interviews, um, I feel like, are a big deal because people who are big fans of porn and who are, like, obsessed with the porn industry, I think they're very interested in the interviews and they, it's something they would pay for, you know. Right. So yeah, it's a lot of work. It's uh, w- but on average, you're not working six days a week. That's that was just like a really hell week. No, I take breaks. I take breaks. I'll so I'd say on average, I work two to three times a week. But I'll take like two week breaks. I've taken month long breaks. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. And what's the difference being in LA versus Orlando? Well, there's no porn in Orlando. Like there's. So I, I can't shoot any porn in Orlando, so I'd have to travel to Los Angeles to, to work. Gotcha. That makes sense. So basically everyone who's in porn is in L.A. Um, in Miami. In Miami. Oh, Miami as well. Okay. Yeah, I used to live in L.A. Uh, so how do, you, uh, how do you like living there versus Orlando? Um, I grew up in Orlando, and I just moved back to L.A. So this is, this is my first time I've really moved. So it's an adjustment. Mm-hmm. It's kind of difficult. Um, it's really nice. I have one friend here, Calvin. Um, yeah, I just interviewed Calvin. And Calvin and I met on a cruise that I threw about three weeks ago. I don't know if he told you much about it, but it was myself, him, like seven other guys. Or no, six other guys. or eight of us total. And then we have a bunch of friends here who are playboy models and we were doing like a playboy shoot while oh on, that on was the boat. you yeah oh, okay yeah he told me all about it <laughs> <laughs> yeah we had a good time yeah. what did uh, he tell you i'm curious um well, he told me you guys um mm, I, well you can edit this he told me you guys got raided <laughs> yes <laughs> that is terrifying i feel like i would go to some foreign prison i were you scared i would be oh scared. my god i don't mind telling the story because it's so crazy um but yeah, so we were, you know, we we had three different sailboats, and the captain of the main boat was a friend of a friend, and uh, he was friends with my business partner, so he's done these sorts of trips before where there's hot girls, and he kind of knew what to expect, and he's like a young, cool, decent-looking guy, right? So he doesn't feel awkward or out of place, <laughs> but we had to hire two other captains, and at the last minute, I guess one of those captains got sick, so we had to replace him. And the new captain we replaced him with was just, you could tell he was really uncomfortable with the situation. When he would start talking to the girls, he would act really creepy. He would, like, change his voice. Um, and I could just, <laughs> I could tell it was a, a potential problem. I, I wasn't sure what was going to happen, but he was just acting really weird. So a couple days, you know, a couple days later, um, one of the girls that was staying on his boat complained that when she was trying to get back on the boat after swimming, he basically forced her to like get naked so he could hose her off. And he was saying like really fucking stupid, creepy things like, Oh, you're too dirty. You're too salty. You got to pay the toll to get by. You got to let me wash you off. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Right. So, so, 
some of the other guys approached him and they're like, yo, man, you can't be doing this. Like, uh-huh. this really uh, <laughs> unprofessional. You can't be like telling the girls to get naked. And he lost his mind. Like when they, when I told him that he was like, get off my boat right now. Uh, I didn't do anything like that. Like you could tell he was really, um, Offensive or- you, you, it's like he knew he was caught, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. So he stole the boat. He kicked everyone off the boat and then he stole the boat. He just sailed Whoa. away. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> and, um, and people had their cell phones on the boat and all their luggage and crazy shit like that. Luckily, he didn't, like, steal it, steal it. He just basically sailed, like, a mile away and <laughs> docked it back in Cannes and then kind of left. We don't even know what, what happened. But that night, we had to, like, combine, you know, everyone who was staying on that boat on my boat. <laughs> so <laughs> we sailed back to Cannes uh, the next day and picked up the boat. And... um we found a new captain and we thought everything was fine. And then I don't know, like the following day, all of a sudden I'm hanging out smoking shisha on the back of, you know, on the boat. And I see this like speedboat full of guys in uniform coming, not towards us, but you know, I just, I just see them. And then all of a sudden the last second they made a hard left turn and they get on the megaphone and they approach our boat and they're like, nobody move. Everyone say so. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and they, they basically raided our boat. They jumped on the boat. They like searched everything. And what they were doing was they were, they were trying to make sure there weren't like underage girls or they were trying to make sure like girls weren't like hookers. And it was, it was okay. all because of this other captain like tipped them off. Oh my gosh. Um, and fuck this guy. Like, <laughs> You know, everything was fine. Nothing happened because it's all just our friends. And you know, mm-hmm. but but he thought that, you know, it was like a hooker party. Like, no, it's not a hooker party. This is, <laughs> this is just <laughs> a bunch of friends on a boat. I know you're a fucking weird old loser who doesn't hang out with uh, normal people that like to go on boats and have and do what normal people do on boats, which <laughs> is party and, and fuck. <laughs> you know, that's, that's why you rent boats. <laughs> You know, I guess he was used to the, uh, you know, taking like old English tourists to different parts of islands. I don't know, but it was just a really shitty situation. Um, Pretty interesting, though, to get raided by the Coast Guard. I would have been so scared. Yeah, it was was definitely a little scary. But um, at the end, it was just, you know, the difference between tragedy and comedy, they say, is just time. (laughs) <laughs> so, while it was happening we're like fuck this is shitty we can't do anything everyone was hungry and thirsty we didn't have any food because we'd ran out of everything we couldn't leave because like they had all of our passports and they were like you know they wouldn't let our, our boats go anywhere until they were done with all their searches and they're all their questioning but in the end they're like all right see you later and uh, <laughs> and that was that that's good <laughs> and, and then the fun continued the fun continued and we got a new captain everything was good but that's yeah good. that was uh that was that crazy party. Uh, but how did you meet Calvin? Um, through a friend. I met him through a friend who my friend in, is friends with a lot of people in the industry. So um, he likes to hang out with porn girls. And then him and Calvin were friends. And I was hanging out with him. And then we all went to lunch together. Um, him and my friend, we were in Vegas at the time because I was there for a porn convention, AVN. Mm-hmm. And Calvin was there for another reason. My friend was there for the convention. 
but they, I guess they um, had gone to a dispensary and they got an edible, um, like a marijuana edible, and they ate it. And they don't smoke weed, so they were <laughs> they were so stoned. And I guess they were at a restaurant and they were just acting crazy and like yelling because they're just really high. And um, and then me and Calvin were staying in the same hotel and I'm walking through the lobby and I just run into him and he's like, Oh my God, like, I'm so glad you're here. He's like, something horrible has happened. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh my God, what is it? Like, are you okay? Like, is everyone, is everyone okay? Like, do I need to like call an ambulance or something? And he's like, no, 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 it's fine. He's like, I ate an edible. <laughs> and I was like, Oh my God, why did you say something horrible has happened? But basically, he was in the lobby, and he couldn't find his way to his room because he was, like, just – it was very strong edible, I guess. Fuck. So, it sounds like how I am on edibles. I, I do not do well with <laughs> any sort of weed or psychedelic sort of drugs. <laughs> it was just funny to have to babysit, like, two grown men because they were too stoned. <laughs> I was like, come on. Fuck. In Vegas, oh, I, no less, too. Huh? I know, in Vegas, of all places, I guess it's a place for it to happen. So it's like the hangover is happening all over again. Yep. <laughs> Porn style. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, so I, I just kind of like guided him back to the hotel room. And then we just hung out for a while. We ended up talking and, and we just became really good friends. And then he was living in Vegas. In, he was living in Vegas at the time and he moved to Los Angeles. And then I moved to Los Angeles, and now it's nice because we live near each other, and you know we can hang out and go get food if we're bored. Because I don't have any other friends here. <laughs> I'm sure you'll make friends pretty quickly. Are you? Um, how easy it is to make it to? How easy is it to make friends in the industry? Oh, it's really difficult. Um, really? That's kind yeah. Of surprising. How yeah, it, it's hard. Um, there's a wide range of personalities in the industry it ranges from like really young girls who are trying to escape bad situations at home so they get into the industry um people who have drug problems people who have weird um emotional problems um flaky um and then on top of that, we not everyone lives in L.A. So who is in the industry? So everyone's always traveling and kind of like never in the same place. So it's kind of hard to um, form a relationship with someone who's like on the move so much. Mm, yeah, yeah just, I guess on one hand, you know, when you when you engage in like a more intimate act, you can grow a connection much faster. Right. So on one hand, you might think, oh, people in that industry, they're very open and honest. They're obviously not hiding who they are. Right. Like, look, I'm I'm a porn actor and you are, too. So we can you know, probably be friends pretty easily. But at the same time, everything you mentioned, that makes sense as well. It's also like your you are your career, your name, and your personality is your career. And so you kind of have to be on guard with what you let people know, because if you tell the wrong thing to the wrong person, they could go tell someone else and it could prevent you from getting work in the future. Mm. You know, you kind of have to keep this strange professional vibe about it um, until you really, you know, get to know someone better and can trust them. So what sort of things would they, is it like drug related things that could damage it or what sort of thing? Yeah. Um, I like if you, I like, I don't, 
I don't like to do drugs often, but, you know, every now and then if I'm out at like a festival or something, you know, I'll do some molly or some mushrooms. Mm-hmm. And I feel like even talking about me doing something like that, someone could be like, oh, this girl does drugs. Like she might not be reliable or, mm-hmm. but I feel like you can really tell when you meet the person. And I've been in the industry for so long now. It's been almost three years that I've kind of maintained like um, just a very consistent level of professionalism. So I think it's starting to get to a point where I can say more. And yeah, I don't who doesn't do Molly at a festival, right? That, that's what yeah, festivals that's, are for. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm like, Molly. take this stick out of your butt and <laughs> like, like, let's have a little fun. Like, it's not an everyday thing. That's so funny. And you, I mean, I'm sure drug usage in the porn industry has got to be exponentially higher than in any other industry. You know, the two go hand in hand, sex and drugs. It's like... <laughs> the thing is, if, if people do do drugs, they have to hide it because um, companies do not put up with people on drugs. If you show up under the influence of anything, they will send you home and possibly never hire you again. Right. That's they like have to because it's a legal thing. Yeah, yeah. It's a huge liability for them. Exactly. So, they, they have to. It's all that's legal. That's another thing. Like they, if you do drugs, they don't even want to know. They're like, just don't tell us mm-hmm. because then yeah. we're liable for something. Yeah, exactly. How about uh, in terms of your social life, um, what sort of things are you into? Festivals, it sounds like. I mean, have you been a Burning Man or been to any yeah. festivals recently? See, I grew up in Florida, so um, the festivals I'd always gone to were small time, like small town Florida festivals um, that are really fun, like things in Swanee and um, Okeechobee is probably one of the bigger ones. Um, but no, not Burning Man. Um, I like to do anything outside, really. I go canoeing a lot in Florida because mm-hmm. there's a lot of springs there, and I can canoe with the alligators. I like to go to the beach. Canoe um, with the alligators? It sounds a little dangerous. It's it's so much fun. <laughs> It's really cool. You can get like pretty close to them. It's kind of scary. <laughs> I've I've uh, spent a decent amount of time in South Florida, like the Boca Raton. I had the Jewish grandparents in Boca Raton, so I'd go there and play golf for like two weeks every every winter. And there'd always be, uh, uh not crocodiles. Um, <laughs> they don't have cr- alligators. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have crocodiles in Florida, luckily. But yeah, the gators were just like sunbathing. Sometimes I'd hit my ball over there and there'd be like a gator. And I'm like, okay, I'm not going to go and get that one. <laughs> they can have that one. But I guess they're not as dangerous as people think they are. I don't know. No, you're canoeing because, with them. Um, you just can't, like, they really hang out on the banks. Like, if they're swimming in the water, like, you want to avoid the banks of any kind of, like, river or something because that's where they can be hanging out. And as long as you don't bother them, um, you're, you're pretty much fine. Yeah. I, the last, the very last time I went canoeing in Florida, uh, it was like mating season or mating season or something. And I was hearing all sorts of like, um, the sounds alligators make when they're trying to mate. It's like this low growl. It's, it's, it sounds terrifying. It sounds like there's a dinosaur hiding in, in like the trees. I've (laughs) never even seen a national geographic of, you know, alligator sex or anything. So never even thought to watch. They make these like weird sounds and then they, um, create these, they make these vibrations in the water that they send out. Um, it's pretty cool. Interesting. But (laughs) I wasn't expecting to learn that. Wasn't expecting to learn that on this phone call. (laughs) 
got a little nature documentary or <laughs> podcast going on. <laughs> so to change gears a little bit, um, <laughs> so you're 21, like you have your whole career ahead of you. Um, how long do you think you'll want to do porn or have you ever, th- I mean, you might not even be thinking about that, but have you put any thought into like what you, where you see your career in the next few years? Yeah, I definitely have because, um, porn kind of can have a shelf life yeah. or, or the person in it can kind of burn out and get tired of it and not want to do it anymore. So that's why I think breaks are important just to kind of keep my sanity. I like to go home every now and then and hang out with my old friends from like high school and um, my family to just kind of take myself out of this fast paced competitive industry. Um, and then I also like taking breaks because I think it builds up some, some want for me. Like if I haven't had a video out in a while, um, I feel like the next video that comes out will be more in demand than if I had just been constantly producing content. Right. But, and then also you can kind of stretch out your career by starting, uh, with vanilla porn. Like you can start with girl, girl, like just doing lesbian films. And then you can work your way into just regular boy, girl sex scenes. And then you can work your way into doing more anal stuff and you can kind of like slowly build it up and make people, um, desire to, to see the more hardcore stuff and kind of hold out on them to stretch out your career. Yeah. It makes sense. If you kind of you know, wait for the, the stuff that everyone wants to see for the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or you, whatever you change it up. Uh, so how long do you think you're 21? How much longer do you think you'd be doing it for? Any idea? Um, I, I feel like I'll do it for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, there might be some other business endeavor that I begin or, you know, get caught up in that maybe I'll stop doing porn for a little bit and focus on that. But I, feel like I'll always come back to it just whether it's for fun because I, I enjoy it so I think even if I did take a break for a couple years that I would you know come back eventually do you enjoy like sex on camera more than without a camera there is there anything around that for you um it's not that I enjoy it more it's different because I feel like it's really fun because you're kind of you're creating something. You're not just having sex for pleasure. You're you're getting pleasured, you're having fun, but you're also creating something for other people to watch. And and as someone who likes watching porn, I know what I like to watch, so I know what I want to give people to see. Hmm. Yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting take on it. I've made my fair share of homemade porn, of course. Um, <laughs> but I'm usually just like you know, trying to set up the right scenes that I can jerk off to later. Right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. I guess if I were to really get into it more, the, uh, you know, you got to get the lighting right and the angles. It's definitely a a lot of creativity towards it. There's a lot that goes into it. I, and, and some, um, photographers or videographers are more creative than others. Um, I've worked with some who do some really interesting lighting and, um, really cool intro shots. And other people, they're like, all right, fuck. (laughs) Just go for it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And how much of of the, like, acting side of it do you enjoy? Um, Some videos, um, they have me act more than others, but I really like it. 
that's something I didn't really expect to be doing when I got into it. I thought it was just going to be like, you know, just sex on camera, but people really like to get into the roles and get into the intros and it's cool. It's fun. Sometimes I get nervous and I'm kind of like, uh, I wish I had done that better. Like I, I wish maybe I could have practiced it more, but then sometimes I really get into the, the roles and it's, it's kind of cool to like become the character and play the part and, you know, you get to do a couple, couple different takes. It's, it's fun. I like that part. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm guessing a decent amount of, you know, adult sex actresses get into like some other sort of acting as their careers pr- progress. I don't know. Um, there are some companies like Pure Taboo that do very, um, directed films if you look up pure taboo stuff it's almost like a movie each scene is like like an hour and a half long and there's a very like thought out um, intro it's filmed really well then there's actually movies like full-on movies that um, are porn movies I can't remember the name of them right now but uh, I can send you I can send you um, links to them later like the trailer and they're really cool. Yeah, send me the links. I'll like, put I'll put them in the interview if anyone's interested. Yeah, they're really cool and it's like full on production, lots of acting. So I think out of a 2-hour movie there's like maybe 30 minutes of sex in it and then the rest the the um, the rest of the hour and a half is just acting. Seems like maybe you get paid more for that because it's more work. I don't know. Or maybe you just get paid more for whatever anal scenes or something more, you know, money driven. I've never done one. Um, I've never done a movie, but I actually have a friend. Her name's um, Casey, and she wrote the screenplay. She's in the industry. Um, Casey, hold on. Hold on one second. Mm -hmm. I want to pronounce her last name right. Casey Calvert, um, her name's Casey Calvert, and she's in the industry, but she writes screenplays for movies, and she just wrote one for this Australian movie that James Dean played in, and James Dean does porn. Um, he's like a pretty well-known male porn star, So, but that was a movie. It was, wasn't like, you know, there's no sex in it at all, just a regular movie. Interesting. Yeah, so that, there's definitely that side of it too that you can get into. So from from a social life standpoint, I'm guessing you have a lot of time to you know chill out. I know you have two little dogs, hang out with them. Um, <laughs> how how busy are you? I guess is is my question. What are you typically doing for social stuff? Um, I'm pretty busy. If I, I could be working every day, um, not just shooting films, but shooting my own content. Um, I'm making a website right now. It's almost done. It's called HaleyReadOnline.com. But there I, like, sell my Snapchat. I sell um, panties, like used panties, um, merchandise, my own homemade videos. So my social life is kind of like whenever whenever I can hang out. Um and and my my time's really flexible, so I can, I can kind of like do whatever I want. It's nice. Yeah, that's the nice thing about being a an entrepreneur. You can it, it's it's good and it's bad because it's great because you can you know if, if you need to be somewhere you can usually make it happen, and you're mm-hmm. not saying no to social events or fun things to do. And it can be bad 
in the sense that if you don't have someone cracking the whip, sometimes it's hard to motivate yourself. But you said you have an agent that does a pretty good job. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's, I don't really need to crack too much of a whip when I do scenes because I just show up and then it's like they do my makeup and, and then they film everything. So there's not much, I feel like, effort that I really have to put into it's when I'm doing them, scene. right? Just making yeah, sure but, your schedule's but he full. Does, he does all the booking, so I, I don't even have to, to network on that sense. I just have to kind of maintain my image. Where the work comes in for me is selling my own stuff. So that's where I have to, like, crack the whip. I have to film it. You know, I have to get everyone together. We have to film it. And then I got to, you know, download the file. got to edit it. Mm. got to upload it to whatever site I'm uploading it to. And there's more money in that, though. Yeah, there's more money in that. Gotcha. Well, very cool. I don't think I have any more questions, uh, but it's been a really interesting uh, conversation. I'm, uh, I'm excited to see what the website looks like when it comes out. Yes, um, I am too, actually. <laughs> I've, I've, I've seen most of it. It's mostly done. I'm just really excited to get it uh, going and start putting stuff for sale on it. It's called HaleyReadOnline.com. Perfect. And if anyone wants to follow your Twitter, it's at uh, HaleyReadX, correct? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's Haley H-A-L-E-Y-R-E-E-D-X. Yep. Yep, that's me. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming on, Haley. It's been great to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you so much. This has been a pleasure. All right. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you want more, go to innerconfidence.com and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast for the latest episodes. 